I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, January 27, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a laundry list of notes today. We have everything from the coronavirus, to cycles, to the intraday activity, to all kinds of stuff. We got numbers on top of numbers. We have stuff to discuss. The first order of business is, obviously, we were looking for a top. I just had to say that because you wouldn't believe the buckets full of information I received over the last couple of weeks supporting the case why I was a quack and was wrong and the market was going to continue higher for at least another 10% before even a speed bump. It was certainly possible, but the odds were getting stretched that that was not going to happen. So we had some numbers. We used a little bit of a left field bleachers kind of thing to pinpoint when the market would turn. It was harder to pinpoint the price, but if we had price and time, as was discussed in the weekend video, then we might have had a bingo. So guess what? For now, we had a bingo. Now let's assess where we are. 323.84. We talked about that number on the weekend video That's an important area. Let's refresh our memories. And by the way, the 84 part of it was within a stone's throw. 324, 323.50, somewhere in that zone is where we said the market would find an assemblance of support. Went down to 322.66 from an intraday perspective. That's called a spike through an important level. But let's refresh our memories why that price is important or that zone. It's the 2019 high. So here we go, the 27th of December. That was the last high day or the highest day in December. And you can see the market went down a few days after that. This high was the 1st or the 2nd of January. So guess what? That's our high of 2019. That's important. If the market stays below that price... It's weaker than if it was slightly above that price. Even if you want to split hairs, above is better than below. I don't mean to be Captain Obvious, but there are reasons and method behind the madness. Was I crazy? Or as we go down to a 15-minute chart, you can see that was an important price zone. You can see the market traded in and around that price zone for a while, traded away from it in the northern direction after finding support in the first candle of the day. So we had the buy the dip crowd show up right out of the chute. That's common. That happens a lot. It's not necessarily unexpected. You don't know it's going to take place. You don't know to the magnitude it will materialize, but we're aware of it. It's an awareness. But what happened is as we trade away from the 323.84 or in and around that level, guess what? The market came right back to that spot late in the day and then closed below it. I think that's a negative or the weaker close of the two. It's obviously weaker if it's below a certain number. Again, Captain Obvious, my bad. Real quick, sliding over to the hourly chart. What's the hourly chart telling us? Obviously, the SPY, the S&P 500, from an hourly chart perspective, is in a downtrend. You can see it was riding the 200-period moving average, another spot of importance. 
But also it's a matter of perspective. We have to make sure we understand what we're looking at. So we have a low here. So a trader, just from a hypothetical perspective, a trader could trade against that low if they're trading to the long side. But what he or she has to know is, as we scale down, this is essentially another bearish pattern in the making. Can this go down or does it have to go down as much as this? And the answer is no, it doesn't. But it certainly can go down more. The bogey is the low of today. Now, let's talk a little bit for a second about what trick trap fool and frustrate crew might do in a situation like this so let's talk about the big picture for a second there's a couple of scenarios going on one is we're into a natural area of support it was in a sense and it's relatively large but it was a breakout area so the market did find some support in there as expected so let's say that's going to be support What's one way that Trick and Company will screw with traders first thing in the morning? They'll drop the market right out of the chute. Doesn't have to be a lot, but it looks like a continuation move. It gets more traders short the market. Then what happens? Then, mysteriously, they reverse the market. Traders have to cover their shorts. They produce buying as a result. Buying begets buying. Short covering, more buying. You know the story. Next scene shows the market's forming a bottom and all of a sudden they're rallying on some news to be named later. Now, if something like that happened, that would be in concert with it's hard to kill a bull. We just talked about the hourly chart and the fact that it was in a downtrend. That's fine. The daily chart, we cracked the 20 period moving average. Are they going to give it up that easy? Are they just going to cut through it like a hot knife through butter and not look back? The odds on, that's not the case. They'll try and rally the market back at some point in the near term under garden variety market conditions, at least back to the 20. And if they get to the 20, we'll start talking. And this is inside the numbers stuff. We'll start talking from an intraday perspective about filling the gap. As they begin to fill the gap, the television people, the media, the pundits, they start talking about that was a bottom, the market corrected on the virus scare, this, that, and the other thing, and they're looking for new highs. That's just at the point when they normally hit it again. So what would that look like in diagram form? Well, let's find out. So let's say we went down a little bit tomorrow, somewhere in here, maybe it's to the 50 period moving average, maybe it's to this low, we come up short of the 50, something like that, and all of a sudden, miraculously, they rally the market, and then it goes up for a couple of days, and all of a sudden, with the short covering, you'll get large swings in both directions, so you'll get the rip-your-face-off rally that we always talk about when these corrections occur. First stop, 50-period moving average. Next stop, gap. Next stop, somewhere else if they keep going. We'll talk about it if and when this happens. And if it happens quick, and it's an if, but if it happens quick, that will be, in a sense, a quick repair job. We have the Fed or Kabuki Theater on the docket this week. Is the Fed going to need to put forth a rescue operation or will the market find stability before the Fed has an announcement on Wednesday afternoon? Good question. We don't know yet. It's an awareness. Let's say, and here's more of the bear case, let's say the market goes down and they don't right away find an assemblance of support. So instead of just making a new low and then reversing back, let's say they do make a significant new low and they do come into the 50 period moving average. What would be the reason 
there would be garden variety support in and around that zone. Let's talk about it for a moment. So here you have a breakout area. We talk about this all the time. We've used something just like this recently on a retracement. So here we have another breakout area where the market gapped up, traded sideways for a little while, and then started to go. A little bit of a retest, didn't even test or fully test the breakout area or the gap window, as it's always called. And then the market took off from there. So here we come back to test another breakout area coinciding with the 50-period moving average. Now, that under normal garden variety market conditions should hold. What's below that? You have another gap fill down here, and that precise number happens to be 317.32. So between 319.5 and 317.32, you're going to find buyers show up in the market if, in fact, they get down there sooner than later. That doesn't apply if this is a week or two from now. All this applies over the next day or so. The market's fluid. We're going to have to adjust. Whatever the market's doing, we're going to have to adjust our numbers based on what the market did recently, the velocity of a decline or a rally, and the newly minted support and resistance zones that show up as the market creates that fluidity. And I definitely just made that word up. So what did that mean, newly minted? So now we're over at the ES contract, and we're going to talk about something a little bit different. So here's an hourly chart. But this is not the pit session only chart. This is the continuous chart. This has the pre-market data included. Why is this important? What am I talking about? Here's a picture of the pit session chart. Looks completely different. You are in no man's land first thing in the morning. How do you determine where support and resistance areas are? Well, support, we have them. Look at this. This is so obvious. It's scary. Markets like to come back and test what? Former breakout and former breakdown areas. That's what happened first thing this morning. But on the other side, how do you determine the resistance with all this white space involved? You have to use something else. Same thing goes for the SPY. It's the same chart when you look at a pit session Futures chart, it is the SPY chart, too much white space. You don't know exactly what's going to happen up here. Where is the resistance? There's going to be other resistance areas. How do you find them? So we go back to the ES chart, and now we're back with the pre-market data. 32.53, that was important all day long. There's always a method to the madness. If you're at all interested in whether or not the inside the numbers and the intraday commentary, the pre-market commentary, stocks on the move, if you're all curious or interested to see if this would be beneficial for you, I suggest you read today's notes. We had the numbers, lock, stock, and barrel again. Even as the market gets into a chop shop, you know where the resistance is, you know where the important numbers are, you know where the support is, you know where the bookends are, you know what the range is, you know the expectations. So let me scroll up a little bit and finish reading the pre-market morning commentary, and which was quite extensive, by the way, because also, based on what's happening in the market, the commentary, the notes get larger, the commentary gets more frequent. Let's scroll up a little bit, and then we're going to come back to stocks on the move. But check out the notes as the morning goes along. You'll notice that we were zeroed in on 32.53 right away, right out of the gate. We also had another support area above. We also had, check that, 
resistance area above. We also had a support area below. We don't know if the market's going to stage a huge short covering rally or get stuck in a range. So we have to be pre-prepared and then we have to maintain our preparedness throughout the day. How the market trades throughout the day creates the support and resistance areas going forward. Let's keep going through the notes. I suggest you read as much as you can of the notes, focus in on the numbers, focus in on the commentary. I could certainly read and explain it to you either way. However, I want those interested to figure out for themselves whether this is helpful or not. Doesn't do anybody any good if I just tell you it is. You have to believe that it is in order for it to be successful. That's the way trading works. It's a confidence game. Let's keep going as the day goes on. You'll see the notes end up picking up steam once again after lunchtime. And then, of course, we get to the point when the day is winding down and there's nothing to do if they're going to stay in the range. How about stocks on the move? Worth an honorable mention. Let's take a look at a couple of charts. The charts we're going to focus on, even the third one, which jumped the target, I'm going to explain that in a moment, EL, Wynn Resorts, and Las Vegas Sands LVS. There was a pretty hefty list, but inside the numbers, members know that they can track the stocks that are getting close to their entry targets and just forget about the ones that aren't. It narrows down the list. You really don't have to watch seven or eight or nine stocks at the same time. You're only really watching one or maybe even two at a time. Let's start with Louder, Este Louder. Maybe it's Lauder. Whatever it is, E-L. It's certainly a brand too fancy for yours truly. That's why I don't know how to pronounce it. You saw the entry price for E-L at 193.40 listed from Stocks on the Move. This one was a screw job. Let me show you. The stock is trading above the price. If it comes into the price after the opening bell, I want the trade. Here's what happens. Right at 9.30, it does a nosedive right underneath the price. They rip it right back up immediately. That's a screw job. Some traders got in. I didn't get in because of the screw job. But there's always a lesson to be learned. The importance of the numbers. Remember, the market is cracking at the open. It's scaling down. Traders are afraid to get into positions because it feels like a falling knife. But at the same time, nothing ever changes. These stocks are headed for a destination. We're looking for, at this point, a short-term destination. I'm not looking to get married to EL, or either of the two stocks, for that matter, that did hit their price targets after the opening bell. The point here is, look what the high was after the fact. All the way up at 198 and a quarter, from 193.40. If not for the screw job, that would have been another winning trade. Here's what happened with LVS. LVS getting its haircut at the opening bell. 61.96 was the first number listed on the board. The second number, which was not achieved, was $60.86. So in between the two numbers, the market reversed and they ripped LVS back in the northern direction on its rocket ride. There's a five-minute chart. And yes, that is a rocket ride. In just a few minutes, the stock's already at a high of $64.18. Not too bad for an hour's worth of work in the morning. Win Resorts, same routine, has its rocket ride off of its price again. Destination, is it going to be right 100% of the time? Of course not. Are they right 
about 80% of the time? Yeah, why? Because we're using the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, the stocks are headed to a destination and I'm able to figure out what the destination is. That's the whole point. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Well, below the 50 period moving average on the daily chart, 50 day moving average, but it had some relative strength against the SPY today. What does that mean? means it was down less in percentage terms or less of a magnitude than the SPY. Remember that area we were just talking about on a different chart? Look at this. So here's that same gap window area we just cited. Here's a gap that would be filled down here. So what happened today is the market, or in this case the IWM, basically came back into an area that is considered a breakout area. It found support. It's ahead of the SPY. It's my favorite market leading indicator. Look at this also. Look at the volume in the IWM today. It was actually less than it was on Friday. So what we don't have, we don't have at present an acceleration to the downside in the IWM. We had lower prices, we had a down day, but we're not seeing the velocity. We're not seeing an acceleration to the downside. These are all puzzle pieces. They're on the table. Keep in mind, what we're doing here is we're getting a little bit granular. The market's going to have lower prices, whether it's now or later. Lower prices are coming. However, what we're trying to do is determine, are we trying to find, is the market approaching at least a very short-term assemblance of a bottom already? Yeah, could be. That's the way the market works. Maybe it came in today. Maybe it'll come in tomorrow. Remember, the high was actually put in on the 22nd. That's in the SPY. So tomorrow would be day five if it's down tomorrow. So you're getting close to where we could start talking about that quote-unquote, and I hate this term, but it is what it is, the oversold condition where we know that there's a rubber band situation going on. We talk about this all the time when the market is correcting. You get to the point where you have to expect a snapback or the rubber band is going to break. You're always in that scenario in a correction. Normal would be for the 50-day moving average to hold if we saw it sooner than later. Not normal in the 20% of the 80-20 rule would be to find the market all the way down at the 100-period moving average tomorrow. Anything can happen, but that would be the abnormal, not the norm. That would be somewhat of a market crash. The IWM has been down a couple of more days ahead of the SPY. So tomorrow is really day number seven from its high. So traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will identify with these things. It will start to look like you're onto something. Why is that? Because you are. We're not going to be surprised if the market finds an assemblance and a short-term bottom sooner than later. How about the XLF? Couple of important areas in the XLF. We were talking about them ad nauseum <clears throat> really for weeks. We talked about a number that's extremely important for the monthly close, $30.98. We're not anywhere close to there right now, so we don't have to worry about it. The secondary number was $30.25. We talked about it on the weekend video. The market held that price on Friday, but did not hold it with the gap lower today. So they gave up the ghost on the breakup candle. Interesting, of note, puzzle piece on the table.
Here's another Lollapalooza. We had the gap and crap on Friday and a pretty healthy down day, about 4% in the Smash Mouth or SMH. Now this is generally a pretty good proxy for the tech space. So what this is telling you is, A, they already came into and found some support at a former breakout area right in this zone right here. You can see here that this gap was almost filled today. It'll likely be filled whether or not we see a bounce quickly or not. They'll still fill that gap, likely come into the 50 period moving average. This is the prize. If you can get the SMH down in the 133-132 area, at that point in time, your 100-period moving average will have crept up into that zone. That's the prize. That's the real breakout area. You should see a multi-day rally off that zone. Even if they spike it by some, that's the prize. It's not a long-term prize. It's a short-term trading prize. Filling that gap down at 129, that's included in that scenario. We don't know if they'll do that on this run down, if it keeps going or not. We've seen them come up quite short of gaps like that in the past, but that's included in that scenario. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? I had to throw in a short hop on that one because I know some of you, in fact, a lot of you don't stick around for the full video, so you never hear me say that. I say that each and every day. Why is that? Because it's 100% true. Now, I'm going to use that break as an opportunity to pull the ripcord and give it a wrap here for today. Once again, I appreciate each and every one of you. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. I'm David Frost. We'll see you inside the numbers on Tuesday. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.